Hello and welcome to You Made Me Watch That, where two film studies professors aim to expand each other's cinematic knowledge one recommendation at a time. I am your co-host, Wickham Flanagan. And I am your co-host, Colleen Kennedy Carpot. Welcome back. Here we are. Here we are once again. Woo! Woo! Season 27 (laughs) of the rest of our lives. This episode... In honor of the spring movie season, where the awards films that we have wanted to watch are finally sort of somewhat making their way to our doorstep, we are talking about the Oscars. The Oscars. The Oscars, yeah. The thing that we all resoundly don't care about until we do, until we don't. <laughs> yeah, well, I have to say this is the first year in a long time I feel like I've watched enough of these to have a decent opinion you about a lot of the categories. buck wild with this stuff. Well, I um, mean, I, you hit a critical mass, and then you look at the list of best pictures and go, I've actually seen these. Yes. And especially in Turkey, where we are, uh, there's still time to go out and see some of them. They're still coming. Um, usually it's January where we get a whole bunch of Oscar bait. And this year, I think th- since the reopening of theaters post COVID, post lockdown, like there's been a, there's been a shift, let's say January was really dominated by kids movies. Cause you know, the, yeah. the national schools were all on break at the same time and they've been a little slow to pick back up with the stuff for adults. And it so, seems like they're doing that in the, these weeks that uh, yes. we, these, this episode will be released. So hopefully yes. this will tie in nicely. I guess we 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 do, do have recommendations, but again, you have really gone beyond beyond the call of duty here in terms of what you've watched. Well, but, I, yeah, I was also in Paris, not yeah. to brag. But well, I, was. <laughs> I see you brought your beret and uh, are holding your baguette. Oh yeah, would you like a slice? Thank you. Oh, it's sure, sure. delicious. Yes. Mm-hmm. Do you have any hot chocolate with you? Oh, no. What coffee? Have you had Parisian hot chocolate? Yeah. Oh, so, it's so good. It's hot chocolate. Um, it's fine. It's so with a croissant in the morning. Okay. Um, but we recommended stuff to each other. I yes. mean, there was stuff that was certainly dominating the Oscars and, you know, that we felt inclined to watch. When I was in <laughs> yeah, the we, States, mm-hmm. I watched The Holdovers. Mm. Um, and I wanted to, you to see that because yes. I thought that was certainly one of the better films I saw this year and got a lot of awards stuff going on and you well, it's also alexander payne who i happen to really really like yes so, we yes. both like alexander yes. um yeah. we might do an alexander payne episode later on um but um we'll talk about him i'm sure but you also recommended you saw in france i saw two movies in france like out of the movies yeah um poor things was in uh-huh. theaters so i managed to see that on the big screen and i also saw godzilla minus one right and at you like sort of 10 a.m at a mall it was great <laughs> yes <laughs> with a couple dozen other people in this gigantic room um, and I did not watch that, no. even though you did recommend that. I and highly recommend Godzilla Minus One. I recommended The Creator. You recommended The Creator. <laughs> yes, we were going to talk about um, the special, special effects. effects category. I'm willing which to is bet. A new category, fairly the, new category. The special anyway. effects in Godzilla are probably pretty good. They're pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I was honestly wondering what you would have to say about it. I feel like you you have much more of a sense for these things than I do. Um, I know that Godzilla Minus One's affects budget. Yeah is really dwarfed by the budgets for all these other nominees. And so it, it is not a maximalist effects masterpiece by any stretch. I mean, what I really appreciated about Godzilla Minus One wasn't really the effects, although they, they were good. They were fine. I mean, everything was good. I mean, the cinematography was also nice. Got some really good um, shots on the boats and the water that they're they're getting mm-hmm. at there. Um, but it was, for, 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 for my money, it was really the, opportunity to see like a big tent action film that is 
very decidedly not American. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's, you know, I mean, having come off of Top Gun last year and, you know, just, yeah. oh, man. <laughs> we, I mean, we, we as Americans don't really get to move away from the American jingoism of a lot of these action movies. And, you know, it can, we need reminding, I think, that there are other ways to do this. I, I I would agree with you, but I would also say that that jingoistic action movie is in rare supply these days. I mean, it's mostly dominated by these, like, from my action aficionado perspective, ah, I, I often see. go to, as I mentioned before on the podcast, the more international films, specifically like martial arts driven films mm. like The Raid and The Raid 2. Um, those are still, but I guess you would have to be sort of in the know. I think probably action movies in general are dominated by a lot of Marvel stuff more than these jingoistic things. But Marvel is also pretty jingoistic. I mean, it was for a time anyway. Not, I'm not, not in the same, not in the same literal way that well, I mean, Top these, Gun is. No, and these, in these days they're spending way too much time just, you know. Rem- Special effects budget, g- g- speaking of well, which. Well, yeah. yes, but like giving you review charts of all the stuff that you might have missed in the last 20 movies. Speaking of Marvel, by the way, I'm not going to mention this any other time. And Special Effects, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3. Oh, uh, yeah, also in uh, the effects category. I watched that over someone's shoulder on the plane, uh-huh. and it moved me to tears. So uh, it's probably pretty good. <laughs> Because it involves a your cute, mileage may vary. It, well, no, it involves a cute little raccoon. Yeah, and is, his is struggle. it still Bradley Cooper voicing the raccoon? Probably, but because I couldn't he hear it, he counts that as part of his nominees. <laughs> oh my god! I uh, <laughs> I couldn't hear his voice. All that's I could actually see, great. If that's true, I could only I have see. To look that up. I could only see um, the cute little raccoon. I couldn't hear him. Um, but it's about sort of animal abuse. Seriously, it, it's like a very emotional film and I could just tell that from the imagery of it so it's probably a lot better than any of us are giving it credit for and the special effects seem fine from overlooking someone's shoulder on a plane um but yeah the creator I mean we could start with this I mean considering I failed at my duty and did can, not watch can Godzilla I just say, Bradley Mom's Cooper one. is indeed the voice of Rocket I Rocket. knew that yeah we agreed with you why are you looking that up well, because I, I said I was gonna Vin Diesel is the voice of Groot okay did you know that? That's great. He's also the Iron Giant. Is that kind of like Kate Blanchett voicing the monkey in Pinocchio? I mean, does she have lines? A few, yeah. Okay. <laughs> she was also she probably has more lines than Groot does. Maybe. Imagine how much money you would get just to say, I am Groot over and over again. That's the genius. Oh, well, you know. Of Vin Diesel. Um, though, he has a good agent. Yeah, well, not well, Vin Diesel's been in the bad press these days. But anyway... Um, the creator and Godzilla minus one, I do think, are both interesting examples of yes, championing these more creative, more uh, aspirational use of special effects, knowing how to work without a budget. I think probably Godzilla minus one is doing better financially than Creator ever did because its well, budget was considerably less, but also it, yeah. it has more awards attention. And it's just and it's like been picked up. I mean, it's a real word of mouth kind yeah. of success. I mean, yeah. this is the stuff that you love to see. Yeah. So, what about the creator, Colleen? What about the creator? There's a real word of mouth success from people like me. Uh, okay. You watched it. I watched. I, I did. Maybe part of me uh. not watching Godzilla <laughs> Minus One was because of how you talked about the creator to me uh, outside of the podcast. Okay. What what, what, what what about that offended you? Because you said you fell asleep five times. I, I, I had to do it in multiple <laughs> sit-downs, yes. Okay. And why? Why was that? Well, number one, because... <laughs> I cheated and easelayed it. <laughs> so well, I, 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 we, we like all easelayed. The reception easelayed. was terrible. I, it kept stopping, and 
as soon as you have to stop and think about it, forget it. <laughs> I don't know. It just, it's. I it's, had a pretty smooth ride. So yeah, I just I I don't know. Some something about this premise where humans are on one side and quote unquote AI with the robots are on the other side. Yeah. Like that's that 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 misunderstands what actual anxiety about AI is. Yes. Number one. Yes, I agree. And as agree soon with as that. you take that away, then it's just humans versus robots and yes. I I can I tell you the moment where it really lost me? Sure. Okay. So this is somewhere in Act One. It's like the the flying saucer thing yes, that they're the, driving. The, the death machine. Well, no, I think it's multiple ones, mm. but but um, there's, not there's the, um, not the big one. There's a Radiohead needle drop. Okay. Um, in case I, I, I may be speaking only to my generation here, but there's a Radiohead needle drop. Everything in its right place. This is, I believe, the lead track off of their B-Sides compilation, Kid A. Um, I did not need to look that up. Um, but Does Dave Michaels show up? In this? Who? Or was it, was it David, David Matthews? Sorry, not Dave Michaels. <laughs> George Michaels? You're out of your element. <laughs> Dave um, Matthews, that's what it was. It was. We're not talking about okay, that. Sorry. We're talking about the Radiohead needle sorry, drop, yes. everything in its right place, which is a wonderful like soundscape. Yes, but it lingers too long because there's the point in that song where it goes, and you can hear Tom York singing it, yesterday I woke up sucking on a lemon. You don't go full lemon if you do everything in its right place needle drop. And they went full lemon. And it honestly, like it put me off the rest of the movie. <laughs> you could have just looped the nice soundscape. Just forget about Tom York, although, you know, fine. Like, I don't want to. I'm going to go on record on saying Radiohead. I didn't notice this. Yes. I couldn't help but notice this. But then and so in I'm the wondering, movie, like, is it just some like somebody under 40 who's putting this in here? But didn't you like it, it when nice. you when you saw the robot sucking on the lemon at that point and they cut to that? It, and it, it, would, made, it would have made more sense. I'm thinking, <laughs> is there a metaphorical lemon? Like, what's going on here? It's I. I, I it's just, war. It, I don't know. I, I I mean I I have nice things to say about it too. Okay. Um thank you. John David Washington <laughs> is John David Washington is coming into his own as an actor. Yes. I have to say. Yes, he is. Um I thought he was really pulling more than his weight. Um Yeah, he's he makes the somewhat stock character more yes, engaging. Yes. He does. Uh, he did a great job. Uh Gemma Chan, likewise, she just looks so lovely when she's sad. Um <laughs> She 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 just yeah she she's there to embody the sort of melancholy and yes. she does a nice job of it. Um, and Madeline Yuna Voyles I thought was very good as well. Okay, yes, the the, the child, the, the kid, yes. And she's very affecting. Allison Janney is just a Allison scarred Janney. piece of crap. Yep. Commander. Yep. She was also like, heck yes, we're doing this. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that that was kind of fun. I mean, I. It, I don't. Yeah, it was. It you was, don't go full lemon on the Radiohead okay, man. Okay, Colleen. Him. I, just, I think sorry. there is. I mean, if you think about what goes into a movie, extending a song by five seconds should not be the barometer by which you judge an entire film. Sometimes it is, though. Okay. Well, maybe. But when you're islaying it and you're pausing it five every five minutes, maybe it is. But um, I acknowledge <laughs> that it is a bit of a rote thing, and the AI versus humans thing is a bit overplayed. But I think. Again, I get caught up, similar to something like a Wonder Woman, you know, I get caught up in sort of 
war depictions, again, sort of translated to different genres. I mean, I'm not going out watching too many actual war movies. Maybe that is a, a cowardliness on my part. Well, but there haven't been too many big ones. Well, there was all quite on the Western that Front was that, last yeah, year. Yeah, that was last I year. I didn't watch that. No. But, um, or 1917. It's not 1917, that's true. Um, but the, the way it's made... Uh, just the way, and I've said this before when we did into the Eve thing, but uh, Gareth Edwards just executed, even from the very beginning, the sense of scale of this death machine, the bombs sort of dropping, um, even the way the atomic bomb is sort of depicted going off initially, um, the suicide robot bombers. There's just a lot of sort of conceptual things that I kind of latched onto beyond the story, beyond the main conflict. I got kind of caught up in it. And then by the end, I'm like, oh, I want them to, I want him to be happy. I want her to be okay. Um, and I thought that the way, uh, without spoiling it, um, the way that Gimma Chan sort of is is re, re, reintroduced, I thought was very, very sweet in the ending of the movie. And it's a very emotional film. And if you if you get bogged down in the minutia of Radiohead... Um, I'm calling it, Radiohead minutia. Yes. Um, We're canceling and, this podcast. And, and not in the case of the Suspiria soundtrack. But that's Tom York. That's not Radiohead. Uh, no. Um, let's distinguish it. I mean... Sorry. Johnny Greenwood also has his own very illustrious solo career. Have you heard the soundtrack for the Suspiria remake? No. It's fantastic. Okay. Um, it kind of makes the movie. Um, Does he sing about lemons? No, he sings about what does he sing about? Witches, probably. Okay, so um, that's, that's automatically more. Why didn't the they just witch use that? has a lemon? Um, uh, I I uh, I can understand that reaction. I'm disappointed in it, frankly, and so, I'm well, upset. The color um, palette was lovely. It needs more champions. A lot of the a lot of the visuals reminded me of old school Star Wars. Yes. But I think it's a little like, bit more, yeah. And well, the, and the it's set kind of design, its, yeah, yeah, just grungy. amped up. Yeah, well, yeah. yes, yes. But it's it's but too... it's using real world locations in a very nice so, way. Yes. Um, but I agree. I mean, I think it it just was a nice. I I went in with very low expectations, so probably me hyping it for you did no, did it no favors. So I'm not hyping it right now. Except you Ooh, should go out and watch it. We're doing a podcast, and you would recommend Godzilla minus one. Highly I, did recommend. You, did Godzilla you see? One. I have not seen either of these, but Shin Godzilla. Because that was the other one that they made. No, I haven't seen it. And I don't I'm know not, if it's the I mean, same. It's not like I'm a Godzilla person, you know? I've seen a lot of but... the recent Americanized ones. Um, speaking of which, mm. Gareth Edwards. There's a, there's a oh, Gareth yeah. Edwards connection yep, right yep, there. Yep, that's true. Um, he did the slow Godzilla. Yes. The, the meditative Godzilla. That... With Juliette Binoche, right? Okay. You put it like that. You, you're, you're setting up a whole paradigm that's, that's not true she's what? in the movie for five seconds it's not very slow it just doesn't spend a lot of time on bs uh, fighting and then by the time you get to godzilla versus kong it's just like a fun like kids playing with action figures yeah movie. and it's like like four-fifths of the way through the movie yeah yeah uh, in in the gareth edwards one um they're coming out with a new one called like godzilla kong a new a new society or <laughs> something there's another oh. one coming out. They, anyway, they, they made up. They brought the band back together. Yeah, but you know, there's conflicts ensuing. Yeah, you, you're rooting for Kong. Are we? I think so. Yeah, he's like the protagonist. Oh, who who would you rather root for, Godzilla or Kong? Rodan. Sorry, I'm, I'm going with the dark horse. Mecha Godzilla. Secret, secret third choice C. Okay. Shin Godzilla, essentially, it, it it sort of is very, from what I've heard, again, I haven't seen it, but it is very sort of pragmatically 
about the government response to Godzilla. Mm. There's not really a main oh, no. character. I, it's just people <laughs> in rooms and Godzilla running amok and them trying to figure it's it a out. Dudes talking in a boardroom. Yes. Um, but it's and, a Godzilla movie. In a very intentional way. What is Godzilla minus one? I heard that it sort of it harkens back to the 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 metaphor of Godzilla was initially the sort of paranoia and fear. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I mean, it, it, it's it's set back in uh, World War II. Um, so it, I did not even I didn't. Know oh, that. I, didn't I, know that. I mean, it, that's where it starts. Oh, okay. I mean, it, it okay. sort of takes us into post-war Japan. Okay. And the sort of reconstruction of Japan post-war. I mean, that's what's interesting about it. I mean, it is really that does sound cool. Speaking of me being interested in yeah, and I mean, there yeah. there are some scenes where it's you know the generals you know in a room full of people kind of yeah. trying to articulate this. Uh, it just it's it's a real. I mean, not a searing indictment, I guess. Not like there's nobody yelling and thumping tables about this, but just sort of coming out with this commentary that. Yeah, you know what? It was really messed up what happened in the war. <laughs> yeah. And and I mean, if, from a very sort of self-reflective, it's not this is the thing, like it is not an American jingoistic action movie, yeah, yeah. but it's also not anti-American. Yeah, yeah. Which for a Godzilla movie is it, also Should really it be? Sad. I there would be darn good reason. Yeah. <laughs> there would be darn good reason. Um so it is it's it's like this sort of Japanese in a weird way it's a Japanese answer to Oppenheimer. Yeah, I was wondering yeah, right? if I mean, that if was Oppenheimer's like we're going <laughs> to we're going to focus on American trauma of this thing that we inflicted. Yeah. This is all right, we're going to we're going to look at how we have done things to ourselves in Japan. That's a, you're to you're the selling Japanese. it to me. Why didn't it's, you tell me all this before I Cuz I just I said Godzilla <laughs> and I thought that it sells itself. But Well, poor no, things I mean, was more on my more in my Well, radar. I mean that we we'll, we'll talk about poor things. Yeah. But I will say like Dana Stevens had a great review of Godzilla minus 1 and she's also a critic who I wouldn't peg as a Godzilla person and just had this glowing review in Slate of Godzilla minus 1. And that was sort of I mean I'd heard buzz about it but when she came out and said absolutely yes this is worth your time i thought okay and since i was in paris there was a 10 o'clock screening I thought, okay so that's what i did i do think that there's a video essay in there somewhere about the americanized versions and sort of how godzilla is like the how jingoistic is the those american franchise godzilla films comparatively. Oh, you mean from like, like the 1998? No, well, that, well, that's just awful. I'm talking about- I books. saw that as a drive-in. I that's saw exactly that. the way you see Godzilla. Uh, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it as a kid. <laughs> um, but Joe, just the, the, um, the, 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 just the, the, the cartoonish way that got, like how the Godzilla is sort of treated societally comparative to those two franchises now because it's a whole the the american one they've made like five of those movies there's a apple plus tv show with um what's his name and his son um kurt russell and his son oh they play the same character but in two different times oh um so it's like a whole franchise now and japan over here is just quietly doing its own awesome thing yeah which is cool yep good for them i guess not so quietly now i'm glad that it it um because shin godzilla i think kind of Flew yeah. under a lot of people's radar, but yeah. I'm glad that just, this one. This is such a feel good story yeah. as a movie, and I you love to see it. So uh, go go Godzilla! I'm rooting for you. I'm rooting for you too. I'm also rooting for the creator. Um, but, you can't uh, root for both. They're com they're competitors. I can root for movies. Oh. Root for movies. Godzilla sounds root like root for movies. More... Cancel the Oscars. <laughs> That's another take. <laughs> um. All right. Well, let's move into the other uh, nominations. Do you yes. want to? Do you want to just? Stick with our two recommendations here, holdovers and poor things. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so we did the 
effects yes. category was sort of our side recommendations, actually. Centrally, yes. yes. I asked you to watch Poor Things. Yes. Um, and you asked me to watch The Holdovers. Okay. What do you want? So, what do you want to start with? I mean, Can we start I'm, with I'm The thinking, Holdovers. Yeah. Both of them have multiple nominations. <laughs> yes. Actually. So should we go through the nominations? Yes. First? I think it's relatively the same amount. Um, All right, but not the same categories, I guess. No. 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 At least for screenplay, Poor Things is an adaptation. Right. Poor. Uh, best picture, obviously, for both yes. of them. Um, best, uh, director? Is it really? No. I don't Neither think. Neither of them. No. Oh, Yargos. Yargos got for best director. Um, best actor for Paul Giamatti. Mm-hmm. Best actress, actress for, for M. Stone. Yeah. Best supporting for, uh, Mark Ruffalo. Okay. There's no supporting though for Holdover. No, mm-hmm. yes, yes. Um, the, supporting Joy Randolph. Yes. yes. And she won the Globe. So they kind of like alternated. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and Holdovers got for a screenplay, and so yeah, it's all relatively similar. Supporting yeah. actress instead of actor, but yeah, it's but, all. But they're not direct competitors, I guess, anywhere except best. Nor picture. should they be. I mean, <laughs> given their film, what they are. <laughs> well, I mean, um, but th- this is this is why it's good that they went back to the you know ten picture lists for best picture. Criminally, I mean, there's a lot of good stuff on here. Criminally, um, Holdovers is not nominated for production design. I find that to be very upsetting i mean compared to napoleon <laughs> they had to throw something to read i mean out. i haven't we we should say that we have some gaps you have less gaps than i do but you have not seen working on it we have neither of us seen, seen killers of the flower moon no or napoleon or napoleon um sorry mr scott uh cinematography poor things no yes uh, that makes sense I guess. yes it does it does costume design poor things um, geez, Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> holdovers, film editing and poor things. Uh, makeup and hairstyling, poor things. <laughs> um, and that's about, I think that's kind of where the holdovers kind of drops out here. And then original score, poor things. Original song, flame and hot, the fire inside. I, yeah. Uh, is, I, that's where a, did that's the, a movie. Song category is wild this year <laughs> neither one of them were nominated for animated short which is not surprising no um so do you want to talk about just generally speaking i mean last year i think we just went through all of the nominations we did like crazy people we don't have to do that uh, for the record i was right about brendan fraser um by the way, just general sweeping judgment here before we I get don't into... remember what I was right or wrong about. So congratulations we... on being right about some things Thank and you. wrong about others. Okay. I was right about everything. No, um, you weren't. I, that, I'm very sure that Everyone listened to the podcast. The I said that uh, everything everywhere would sweep it. And well, I was right. Okay. That part was right. Yes. Um, That's right. That I think in the similar way, before we get into these specific movies, I think, unfortunately, even though I really love the movie, just because I think... I personally like holdovers and poor things more, not to spoil my poor things opinion. I think Oppenheimer is going to sweep it. You think? Yeah. That's, really? Yeah. I, I I think the momentum has cooled. I think we're going to get some surprises. I think uh, Oppenheimer is going to take away a lot of the big ones. But That's what I'm talking about. What you are you talking about? You mean best picture? Yeah. You think Oppenheimer? Okay. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, it's nominated. There's in no way in hell poor things is going to win no. best picture. <laughs> <laughs> no. Can I tell you my... Um, Probably, take, yeah. my, my, my probably controversial opinion is that Barbie got 
the the correct nomination. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We we talked about that of, off, yes. off camera, but yeah. Off, yeah, we've we've been off mic on this, but honestly, I think America Ferrara for supporting was the one big like, huh? Okay, that's yeah. I don't, and I don't like. I don't that. think she's got a chance. No, I don't. Think I think she, that's that's she that's, has the one good bit of writing that she says well. That, which which you know like you know like meetings that could have been emails. That's you know the speech that could have been its own podcast. Yes, <laughs> that, that, that it, it's one of those sort of out of the movie sort yes, of yes. intervention. And she does it well, yes. but I mean, that character is, is a little... nothing. It's nothing. No, I, I mean, we talked about this in our Barbenheimer episode, but Ken has the best arc. Yes. Like as a movie character, he's yes. the one who makes the most sense. For Margot Robbie's part, she produced the movie. This yes. nomination for best picture is actually hers. Yes. And I think that is the bigger accomplishment than her performance, even though she was very good. I think it's totally fine. She's not nominated. And personally, I think it's totally fine. I mean, I'm not upset over this. It's not a bigger snub than anything else that could have made it and didn't. It really is. I think she deserves it more than American Ferrera does. But um, I, I think that another switch I would make, but I'm not upset about it, as I think Greta Gerwig does a better job directing the film than she does having written it. So I would have nominated her hmm. for director rather than hmm. screenplay. Okay. So my major issues with Barbie hmm. are the script. I think she does such a good job of anchoring that script in this high concept yes. production design. But yeah, it, it's walking away with production of design. Course. If Barbie doesn't win production design, there I mean, should be riots. Poor <laughs> frigging saying. things. Also, also very eye popping. Yes. So that's that's. If it a were tough any category. other year, if Barbie had been the year before, I think Poor Things is walking away with production. That's tough. It's yeah. I would not know what what to put my money on. But, did did um, you notice the brothel windows? No. Oh no. What do they What do they look like? I. I it's a family podcast. <laughs> uh, like How giant vaginas. No, I missed. No. It. Okay. <laughs> I uh, just, I, just the, I, the, the circumstances of me watching poor things we'll get to were oh, not ideal. Okay. Um, well, okay, fair, fair enough. I saw it on the big screen. Yes, you, you, you I want to watch it again. I want to watch yeah. it again and again and again. Mm. <laughs> That's a bit, <laughs> bit presumptuous, but uh, um, yeah, I would, I would agree that I, I, I'm okay with where Barbie landed. I just mm-hmm. personally think Greta did such a good job directing it, comparative to my issues with some of the editing of how sorry some of the editing of the script so i i uh i do think that as long as greta got nominated for something yeah yeah um, yeah that's good that's good yeah and i also don't get this backlash against the oh why is it adapted it's it's adapted get over it so what if it is i mean we talked about this in class it's just past week it's just reactionary it is my friend and colleague liam burke wrote a wonderful piece and i in um an australian newspaper basically talking about it's totally fine if it's adapted. Here's, yeah. It just, you know, I mean. The greater Barbie expanded universe. It just, it, yeah. Anyways, a lot of people are well, getting well, it's up just, in their feelings it's just clicks, in Colleen. weird ways. It's just, it's just clicks. People need discourse, Wickham. It's feeding the there machine. There have been snubbed. Ah! And then yeah. Ryan Gosling has to go out and go, you know, they, they, they were the real people that should have been. I was like, don't bring Ryan Gosling into this. He's... <laughs> He's fine. He's I mean, fine. He, he did a great job. He did a great job. They all did a great job. Yeah. No one does, should put does, this does much Ken importance. Does Ken even get an opinion on these things? No, he doesn't. Well, no, he should have done it in character as Ken. On location at the Mojo Dozo. Yes, wearing his his fur coat. Anyway. I hope he kept Holdovers. 
Now, now for something completely different. <laughs> um, I do think Oppenheimer's going to sweep it. I personally, yeah, I would put Poor Things and Holdovers above Oppenheimer in terms of my reaction. Um, really? Yes. Okay. Um, why are you surprised I'm by just, that? I, I, <laughs> I would say that, again, the Oppenheimer moment, mm. that scene is forever burned into my cinematic brain. Which, I will I will always the love... The Oppenheimer moment. Yes, where I was hyperventilating. Oh, yeah. With the, the hallucination. Yeah. So well executed. The, the crowning achievement of probably the year. If there was a nomination for best scene, I would give it to Oppenheimer. Um, but Holdovers... Um, it's just such a sweet movie. It is. I just really like it. It is. I watched it with my family. We're all cuddled up on the couch. Aw. It was not really quite Christmas time. It's a good Christmas movie. Alexander Payne. Has uh, gone on record as saying he hates Christmas movies. And, well, and he did a good job. And didn't want to have this one called a Christmas movie. But it's, it, it, it's so nicely cynical. Sorry, Mr. Payne. So should we, should we acknowledge our Payne background? Uh, okay. Sure. Max Payne. What? Um, no, sorry. Uh, uh, it's a video game character. Um, so, yes, he made The Descendants, which I really enjoyed, and Election, and... Nebraska. Nebraska, which we, we neither of us have seen. No. Which Nebraska seems to be like the one of his better films. He got a bunch of nominations yes. for Nebraska. And I think The Descendants was adapted. Yes. Um, but Nebraska is his own... Invention. He's he's from Nebraska, I guess. Initially, okay. Well, that would explain. Um, so, Nebraska. yeah. Uh, about Schmidt. About Schmidt. Also, I've seen is, that. Which is also great and also set in Nebraska. One of Full Ten's favorite films. Shout about out to Schmidt. Full Ten. Yes. Oh man. She teaches it. In oh really? Yeah, yeah. I'm so happy to hear that. I yeah. feel like it's really disappeared. It's as great. a film. I have um, it on DVD. I somewhere. like it when he goes into the tire store and says, "My house used to be here," and he's telling the tire the tire guy. Oh. Uh, I used to I used to hang out on the front porch right where this tire is, and the guy's it's, like, "What are you talking about? Get yeah, out of my store!" Yeah, yeah. Kathy Bates, um, and Sideways, which we have, Sideways. we are both big fans of. Yes, the most delightfully in its content and in its writing and in its acting, the most delightfully tipsy movie. Mm, yes, a good hangout movie with Paul Giamatti and Thomas Hayden Church. Sun ripened vineyards. Them being kind of tipsy the entire time, yes. making mistakes, falling in love. Yes. Um, great movies. Sideways. Getting women angry with them. Getting men- and then and then reconnecting and then love and Virginia Madison and uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, the Descendants. I would say the holdovers is more in the vein of the Descendants, which is kind of riding this tonal line. Sideways is never really emotional. Sideways is just very chill. An election is so mean spirited. Election is very mean, but it's great. It is great. Election is. I yeah. I remember I, the poster. I remember super vividly. Do you remember mm-hmm. the poster? Mm-hmm. Re, giant Reese Witherspoon. Yep. Um, yeah. Election feels very different than a lot of Alexander Payne stuff. He yeah. had some stuff to work out with election. <laughs> um, that was also adapted. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And so. and this is not his script holdovers. No, um, interestingly. I guess he worked with the guy who did write it. Yes, it's a great script. Um, it's fantastic. And it's, it's. I mean... Fascist hash shop. Oh <laughs> <laughs> Paul Giamatti has some of the best insults <laughs> ever put to screen. Yes. Oh, man. And they seem to come out of nowhere. <laughs> but they're so eloquent. They are. <laughs> but so, yes, Paul Giamatti is a... Um, 
what might be ungenerously termed of a failed academic. Yes. Now teaching um, classics and history at a hoity-toity boys' school in New England. Yes. It is very New England. It's very New England. <laughs> this is you. You. I think before I saw it, you said you're going to have to. You said that I have to tell you the first time that I cry during the movie, and honestly, it was seeing all the New England. <laughs> like, ah, <laughs> reminds me of college. <laughs> Which I mean, I I was in Pennsylvania, did not you have quite a, New England. Did you have a teacher like Paul Giamatti? No. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no. 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 I mean, I I had great professors. I went to this, but I went to this tiny private university called Susquehanna University. Yeah. Right. Like, if you put a dart right in the middle of Pennsylvania, that's where this place is. Um, and it's about two thousand students at any given time. Very small. I mean, much like this, you know, boys' school that that they're at, but you know, at a university level as opposed to this. I guess all grades at once, sort of thing. Um, so anyway, the, 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 that bucolic sort of yeah. isolated setting, that sort of in proximity. Was there a lot of snow? There's yeah, there was quite a lot of snow. Yeah. Um, in proximity to stuff happening, meaning New York City, basically, or yeah. you know, similarly giant metropolis. Um, but you have to really kind of work to get there. Um, I guess in this case, it's Boston. So it's really proper New England, New yeah. England up north, kind of you know, somewhere in Massachusetts. And of course, they found a real school and they filmed it there, yeah. um, which which I think is why it doesn't get nominated for production design. I got to say, I don't know how much of this they even had to. It's so immersive, though. I mean, it is immersive, but I think a lot of it is just it's just like that. <laughs> Yeah, you know? well, when the building the, the was costume, made, the costumes I think were very well. But even done. they, but they go into the city and like they they leave the school. Yeah, and and it's all very very consistent. And and the That's way true. the way that it is shot, it is shot seemingly on film, um, and it is all stylized. Like all, I mean, I just go for the stuff. But it's it's all the logos or even everything are styled like this. Kind yes, of, uh, late seventies. They do a film. F- uh, like a faux nostalgic logo for focus features. Yes, yes, which um, didn't even exist in the right, actual seventies. Right, 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 right. But it so, looks in that vein. And that and that's neat. Yeah, and, and the and, typeface that they pick for the holdovers, that like yeah. neat little serif that they've got. It's and it's almost like and I, the way I sort of framed it in my brain it's almost like cinematic nostalgia of like the kind of movie that the holdovers is it's you know, the kind of movie that would be made maybe in the uh, late well, 70s aesthetically now now that you're talking about this it reminds me um again just aesthetically of the exorcist yeah yeah absolutely that, that, yeah, that, yeah. When, like when they're filming in dc just sort of around yeah, yeah. It, georgetown that vibe it's very similar. Yeah, but different geography. No one gets possessed no. in the holdovers. Yeah, the, um, the, the plot is not like this. But I agree. There is a, yeah. um, and and I and it's very warm. It's very cozy in that. But I mean, some people might not have the same cinematic nostalgia of me enjoying movies from that era. Um, so I maybe get get more into the. I maybe was more wrapped up in that nostalgia, and you were met more wrapped up in the school, the environment of the school. Also, the um, fact that this kid who they cast, who they just pulled. What from is like, this guy's name? Um, you, you look that up, okay. but I just want to say, like, this is basically. Um, here, here, I'm going back to back on my generational music stuff again. But he looks like he's some sort of descendant of Richard Ashcroft of the Verve. He's going to yes. just start walking down the street and like stepping over cars. Singing about the bittersweet symphony of life. I have no idea what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, okay, okay, I didn't. Okay, sorry. Ignore me, <laughs> Dominic. I'll be I'll be Sessa. picking out my retirement home. Dominic Sessa. I'm sorry, Dominic Sessa. He's great. Yeah, yeah he was yeah. plucked out of uh, obscurity. He yeah. had a great audition. Yeah, and they're like, you seem like a 
a problematic kid uh, where you're going to you're going to do great in this film. Smart, uh, but clearly emotionally disturbed. And and not without reason. No. I mean, like the film trauma. gives him very yes. good reasons to be. Yes. Uh, it's a bunch of broken people essentially hanging out at a school uh, around Christmas. They yeah. don't have any other place to go yeah. and they connect. And it's 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 nicely cynical and snarky, but it's it has this emotional through line. I mean, you could say that it is maybe a little bit manipulative at points. It, it has that. I really love the script by uh, I looked him up, but it uh, but I just lost it. But it has a very good um, way of doling out information. Um, but I also feel like. Uh, what was it? David Hemmings, Hemmingson. I did the script. I feel like it does that classic thing of like, well, we're going to spend time learning why Paul Giamatti is a piece of crap. And we're going to spend time <laughs> learning why this kid is emotionally distraught. And we're going to spend time with the lunch lady and learning about her situation. Though I think she probably gets the most sort of immediate understanding right. and empathy. We, we start with her. Yeah. Like from a position of she's been through it. She's going through it. And she's, you know, she's the sainted <laughs> Divine Joy <laughs> yes, uh, Randolph. Randolph yeah. Yes, she's great. She's oh. man. She she plays it so low key of just yes. like keeping it all in. Yeah, until she can't. Yes, and then when it seeps out, even it, but even then it doesn't explode. No, it just it's just it's, sad. Yeah, it just it gets turned up in these ways, and the people around her clearly care very deeply yes. about her because she's a nice person. Yes, yeah. yes. So and they're all fundamentally, you know, it, it's one of those things. It, 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 what I mean by like, there's a lot of screenplay elements that I've seen before of like at the end, not to reference the Fablemans. But there is like a Fableman's moment of like, I'll see you later, guy. I'll see you later. And maybe it's handled more. We had our differences in the past, but now I think you're cool. Um, it has that kind of moment. Uh, the Fableman's has it and Holdovers mm -hmm. has it near the end. And we've seen that moment before. But we like these people. We care about these people. And we've been on this journey with them. But there is one specific moment involving some baby clothes that yeah. was genuinely shockingly emotional and 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 it's so rare Colleen when you see the wheels turning of a script hmm. um I can't help but feel emotionally manipulated like I think of m the one movie I remember being like this is just not fair to an audience <laughs> who I think was was uh Finding Nemo the the opening of Finding Nemo oh, yeah we had no chance my, yeah like what what the hell is this what <laughs> Why are you doing this to me? Uh, it wasn't up. Uh, no, up is is I think it, it dulls it out very neatly. It's it's about the incidental moments, whereas the, Finding Nemo is an entire family being freaking massacred within the first five seconds of the film. It's like you you have no, like at least you know up you're spending time with them as kids and you're doing and it's not just Pixar. <laughs> we should just pick on Pixar. Um, I think Up's brilliant about it, but. Um, but the holdovers, the, that baby clothes bit, it was so effective and so earned. Mm, and, yes. and that yes. to me yes. is so sweet. And that to me is something that I really give the holdovers a lot of credit. You can see some of the gears moving. You can see how maybe you've seen some of these character beats before and how they're kind of doled out. But um, the way it earns a lot of its key moments makes you really feel um, like it's a special movie. Yeah. I like how <clears throat> we get information like this and, and like the movie could just cut away to something else, but it doesn't. Yeah. It holds with a character long enough for us to be able to put a different cap on that moment on, on that thing. Like at the, I mean, not to spoil the very end, yeah. but you know, like 
he could just drive off and we see the car and we don't. We right. we, we follow him just a little bit longer yeah. to sort of both, you know, put a capstone on what we've seen and Say goodbye. and po- yes, yeah. and and point to where it's going. Yeah. Which now we don't get to see that. So it's it's yeah, I mean the, these kind of transitional character moments are really well done yes. because like at, at every point there is a cliched way to do it. Yeah. And then they sort of go, oh, but there's also this, and that just gives it this different flavor. The one bit that I could see the gears moving was there's a bit, there's a, just a constant scene of them referencing Miller High Life. <laughs> and to me, I'm just thinking, how much money are was they getting sponsored? every... Well, of course it was. Okay. How much money are they getting every time they say that? Champagne of beers? Yeah, they say it like five times. Have you ever had Miller? No. Me, okay, me neither. <laughs> Have we lived, really? I mean, I think we have. I think we've lived a better life, frankly, not having the champagne of beers. Just have actual champagne. Just have actual beer. (laughs) Um, But but that bothered me. I'm like, I understand you have to make your money, but at no point in poor things does (laughs) Stone go, I could go for a Miller High Life. it, it takes me out slightly, but um, but yeah, the yeah, just the, I really was immersed in this 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 time and these characters, and it's a special movie in the sense that it it it's it's unobtrusively great. It's not aspiring to be more than it is, and I think that it makes me root for it more because of its somewhat modest intentions. And I think Alexander Payne is very good at that. Yes, yeah, um, just like sweet, simple, sometimes emotionally complex when yes. it needs to be, yes. but but. This is this is this is the the, the way you tell a story. Yes, you know? just grounded. Yeah, uh, just he, he's so well grounded, and he has such a good sense of place. Yes, yes not yes. just space. Descendants but is really good. Descendants about is also yeah. very good about this. It's in Hawaii, but not yeah. the Hawaii of like tourism yeah. and and stuff. It's it's a lived in. Yeah, Nebraska. Version. I'm assuming is very. I would imagine you know, it's the same thing. Yeah. Uh, sideways, definitely. Um, so, I mean, in that sense, I, th- I think he's very much like Richard Linklater, but mm-hmm. I think Linklater focuses a lot more on Texas because that's what he knows. So I think Payne does what he knows. I mean, he's done Nebraska a couple of times because that's where he's from, but he does have the sensitivity to go somewhere totally different and understand what it means to inhabit that place and how do you bring that into a film. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I would, I would highly recommend... The holdovers. I don't know. What do you do? You think it's going to win anything? Um, maybe yeah. script. Maybe. Um, it, that's in adapted. No original. Uh, that's oh right. This one is original. Yeah. Okay. Um, what's it up against? Let me look again. Because I mean, I would like Paul Giamatti to win, but I understand the silly okay. Murphy. In writing original screenplay, you've got Anatomy of a Fall. The Anatomy of a Fall seems like it might win. That's right? a that's yeah. a hell of a script, Wickham. I wish you'd seen it. Maestro is not going to win original screenplay. What are you talking about? Maestro's script is so tight. <clears throat> May, <clears throat> May, December. Uh, I think that's its only nomination, isn't yes, it? An original yes. screenplay. Uh, haven't seen May, December. It is not on Netflix No, here. it's in I America. So che- What's going on, Netflix, I could have seen it. I didn't, Come on. I don't, I don't know. I, Todd Haynes haters, I guess. I guess. I, uh, anyway. Um, and we got Maestro, lives. but we didn't get... May December. I think Holdovers has a Holdovers and Anatomy of a Fall are the two front runners. I think for original yeah, yeah. I think play. Anatomy of Fall probably has it, having not seen Anatomy of Fall. So, can you rant a little bit about Maestro? Can I rant a little? Oh God, yes. So you talked about Maestro um, in our previous end of year um, 
ca- yes. cap capstone episode. I thought it was mediocre except for um, what's her name, Carrie uh, Mulligan. Carrie Mulligan. Yeah. Carrie Mulligan. So um, broadly, I agree with you, but okay. I just I I want to ask why does this movie exist? <laughs> Okay. Because the thing about biopics, and I, I watched a, a couple of other biopics. Okay, yes. I, I watched Maestro. I, I was I was sick for a day last week, and you know, so I was just home by myself with Netflix. <clears throat> and I'll tell you, Netflix has like a corner on these biopics yes. because you've got Maestro, you've got Rustin, um, which is nominated um, in a couple of categories, I guess. Uh, but um, um, what's his name? Uh, 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 where are we? Actor, leading role. Yes, Coleman Domingo, uh, who plays Bayard Rustin. Bayard Rustin was um, a major figure in the civil rights movement in the mm-hmm. United States. He was the lead organizer for the March on Washington uh, in the 60s. Um, he was an out gay black man in a time when all of these things were dangerous socially. Um, and so th- they were kind of at, you know, all of these different, I mean, this is before Kimberly Crenshaw and intersectionality became a thing. And that was, you know, decades after this. But you can see how that intersectionality as a concept had an impact on his life. So with Rustin, I get why this is there, because he's a figure who is extremely important historically and yet lives in the shadow of people like Martin Luther King, even mm-hmm. Malcolm X. You know, he's their contemporary. He did this important work. But in large part because of his identity, he sort of flies under the radar. He's not the star of Black History Month. And this movie is there to become a staple of Black History Month programming for high schoolers around the United States in perpetuity, um, produced by the Obamas, um, this one, this choice makes a bit more sense than the Ethan Hawke, Julia Roberts. Leave thing. the world behind. Leave the world behind. Yes, Mahershala Ali. We talked about that as well. Um, so anyway, the Obamas with with Rustin. This makes sense. It's a very straightforward biopic. He's great. He's also himself a gay black man playing yeah. a gay black man. So I mean, there's um, there's something to be said for this, and you can you can really see the charisma. So I. I I mean, Rustin has a point. Yes. Is it, it, is it, it a needs great to reason? Exist there's a, yeah, there's a, yes, exactly. It's like, that's a no-brainer. Yeah. Put that on the screen. Has any, have people really like forgotten about Leonard Bernstein? Like, I, why does this exist? What is the story this movie is trying to tell? I, it's, I don't get it. It makes no sense. No, I, I mean, the more I turn it around in my mind, the more I just think like there's no through. Like but, Nyad but, as well. And I mean, we can I criticize. I was going to think about. We, I was going to mention Nyad. Nyad has been was, nominated. That was the third one. It was. It has also been nominated. Another Netflix biopic. Ugh. They're really like cornering this middle brow biopic uh, category. But I mean, but again, Nyad exists for a reason. And this is what I was saying. Like you watch this with I your guess, mother. Yes. It's. Yeah, not your demographic, but this is this is speaking to a very specific group of for the Netflix people. algorithm. Sure, who is Maestro for? I don't know. The Oscars. That's it. It's it's for the Oscars. Carrie Mulligan <laughs> fans. Carrie Mulligan, and she's great, but yeah. like hers is the only arc that really yeah. is like yeah, yeah. because there's a point in the movie where she's just like, "What have I done with my life? Yeah, why did I think it could be one way when yes. clearly it couldn't?" And you know, so she sort of has this realization, and then she spends the third act dying of cancer, yes. and it's just like. Uh. So she doesn't even like fulfill the arc that she's but, supposed to have. But Colleen, and true Lenny's art supposed asks to be doing. questions. It doesn't give you answers. That's I, what art yeah, does. Yeah, the question, why is this here? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> Vanity? <laughs> 
But and I mean, what vanity! It's it is. It's Bradley Cooper directing himself, produced by Steven Spielberg. The Obamas. Oh, no, <laughs> no. Martin Scorsese is credited. Yeah. Steven Spielberg is credited. I mean, it's like, look who I know and can get this movie made. It's like. Oh, it just, I mean, I watched it and there, like were that, some in, there were some interesting yes. flourishes and so on. Didn't you so like that on. part where they have like the weird dancing as sort of a reflection of his um, inner sort of sexuality? There's like a, there's like oh, a. Oh, yeah. That was cool. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it's like, that's, <laughs> it's not like the movie leans into that. No, 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 no. That's that really the stuff doesn't. I liked is the sort of flights of fancy, the, then, the transitions. Did you see what I meant by blonde? There's like a little bit of a blonde-ishness. Yes. Um, yes. Not as, not as trashy. But in, well, no, it's not as trashy. But also, I mean, clearly he has respect for his subject in a way that Andrew Dominic doesn't. Well, we can. Does we, this, not. We're not going to rehash blonde. Go back to whatever number episode that was. 666. 15, six, six. 15, I think. Okay. Um, anyways. No, it, it's, it a just, it is, it's a movie. <laughs> it is. It's a movie. And it's, and I mean, it's, that's, I, anyway, and it's nominated for this bunch of stuff. It just, I don't get it. Do you want to spend a moment also on Anatomy of a Fall? While we're oh, gosh. Um, so I did are not we see done, this. Are we done with Maestro? I guess we're done. Yeah, well, we're done. Why, we're what done the hell else are we going to talk about with Maestro? <laughs> Carrie Mullen gets great. That's about it. Uh, yeah. Um, Anatomy of a Fall. Again, amazing screenplay. Um, courtroom drama. I mean. Yes. Very straightforward. We we sort of see the setup from the very first sequence. Good child actor. Excellent child actor. Yes, that's one thing um, I heard about. It. And of course, all hail Sandra Huller, who is phenomenal. She's also in Zone of Interest, which I haven't seen yet. Neither have I. Um, but I want to. She was in um, Tony Erdman, which I'm going to make you watch somehow. Uh, if we can do an episode on Sandra Huller, that might be good. Um, sure? But she's she's incredible. She's incredible. Um, just now, I, I heard a different podcast talking about Anatomy of a Fall, and right off, right, you know, at the starting gun, they're like, "Okay, did she do it? Is she guilty?" That's the whole point of the film. No, and no, 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 that is not the point of the film. <laughs> I'm thinking, I know we watched the same movie. You're talking about the same sequences. I did not feel like that was the point of the film at all. Um, to me, I, I I'm rooting for her from the very beginning. Um, which isn't to say I'm rooting against the dead husband <laughs> or anything like that. I mean, it's just, you know, they have a very complicated relationship that that we see what would I have, have unfurling I seen? a little by little over the course of the film. But I mean, to what me, the I point is really Sandra Huller. Yeah. Uh, that I don't know. I mean, she's... Her name's super familiar. Yes. Well, I, I mean, mean, it's super on the nose. I mean, on the lips of everyone in this award season, but I, I just don't yes. I feel like I've seen her. Well, I mean, maybe, um, you, you can look her up, but okay. I mean, she's, she's, I saw her in Tony Erdman and she was amazing. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, other than that, I'm not sure how much she's done internationally. She's German. So, um, again, I mean, she may be on, you know, kind of on the cusp of going international with some of this stuff. I, I, I really don't know, but she had an incredible year. Yes, um, clearly. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I mean, to me, anatomy of a fall is really about, um, I mean, there's a line towards the end, and I, and I love it when movies like put together fake television to put in the movie with the character watching television. Um, and so this is kind of how that happens. There's a guy who is talking about the trial that she's in because she's a, a like a nationally famous author. 
Um, and so there's a lot of press coverage around this trial that's happening. And there's a guy who basically says, well, it would be more interesting if she killed him than it would if she didn't. And like that's it. That's it. Like, like everyone is trying to make this the interesting story as opposed to seeking the truth. Right. right and right. she has to wrestle with this, you know, as herself a writer and purveyor of fictions. So it's just, it's... That to me is, and of course, there's the gender aspect of it. There's a whole lot of misogyny that gets really, like, subtle misogyny that gets baked into how the trial pans out, the stuff that they assume about her, about their relationship. And so she has to find a way to push back against this without being, you know, self-incriminating or seeming self-incriminating. It's 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 gripping. It's really quite well done. Um, I love the the reference back to Anatomy of a Murder. <laughs> But very deliberately replacing the word murder with fall, I think very pointedly, like kind of telling you from the beginning. Objective. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, to me, it's like, so again, to me, like, it's not a question of whether she did it, to be right. honest. It's like, how do we, how do we get this narrative out there? How does the narrative constructed? How does she manage this? How does do the think, kid manage this? Because yeah. the other part of this is, you know, the kid is not fully aware of the world of adults. And all of the different circumstances that go into you know, what the trial is trying to pick apart. So, I do think the best courtroom dramas sort of get at um, beyond what what the verdict is. Obviously, yeah. um, there's a great uh, Netflix and documentary series called The Staircase mm -hmm. that was then made into a fictional piece with Tony Collette and Colin Firth of all people. Oh. Hmm. Um, and it's a fantastic exploration of initially, yes, you are wondering, did he drop his wife down the staircase, the titular staircase? But then after a while, it just becomes an elaborate commentary on uh, sensationalizing the crime and does it even matter if the if the justice system in America is completely you know uh, corruptible and uh, um, and then it becomes like a boyhood uh, thing where you just watch this man going through this trial and you see him age and his oh. children age and it just goes on and on and on and then at one point someone says and then he made a Netflix series out of this and he's making himself look like the the victim, and I think that's terrible. So it becomes like self-reflexive in an interesting way. Um, so I, yeah, it sounds like, and I also am reminded of um, the verdict with Paul Newman, which is mm. essentially a character study of this kind of broken lawyer figure. So yeah, Anatomy of a Mall, uh, Anatomy of a Mall. Jeez, that's, that's the sequel. <laughs> now, malls are also dead. So I mean, who killed them all? Who killed them all? Millennials, you're all on trial. This is my new documentary I'm working on, Anatomy mm. of a Mall. Um, <laughs> Uh, uh, no, I, I look forward to, to watching it. Um, yeah. The other uh, thing that, that's yeah, the other thing that's interesting about it is the dynamics with the couple uh, because she's German and he's French. They met in London. They've moved to France. It's his hometown and all this. So you have this. You have a lot of play with language. Um, you know, her. I guess her. She. They, they speak in English together typically. Her French is good. I mean, conversational. But you know, is it up to the pressure of a trial? You know, yeah. not so much. Um, this comes out in um, one of their conversations as a couple that gets played at the trial. And so, I mean, as an international couple myself, maybe also with you, like some of the dynamics that come in with that. Um, that's also very relatable. That's also something that happens in past lives, which I saw and I guess you didn't. No. But th there are some really interesting parallels. Obviously, that nobody dies in past lives. <laughs> It's 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 a very quiet, very it's it's almost like the after sun of this year's Oscar race. I think I mean there were 
it's a very different kind of story, but in terms of you know the way it explores relationships and things, that's that's sort of what it made me think of. But past lives is also about this sort of transnational couple and the the woman is in touch, re- yeah. reconnecting with. The, it's more like the guy wants to reconnect with her, uh, the guy who's back in Korea, who she had. You know, they were friends when she left at age 12 because her family immigrated to Toronto and then she ends up in New York. She's a writer and so on. Um, So that's also but there, too, like this, you know, if if Anatomy of a Fall is about it being more interesting that she kills him, whether or not that actually is the case, you know, past lives is really like like. At one point, her husband, her American husband, says to her, like, how can I compete with this guy? Like, He's flying over from Korea to see you after 20-some years. It's hopelessly romantic. I mean, what what, what do I – and it just – like, maybe, but <laughs> that's just not life. You know? Again, like – so it is this sort of like there's the fantasy and there's the truth. Right. And where do we situate ourselves? You know, do we hold on to fantasies? Do we let them go? I mean – that's, you know, outside of the legal system, it's a much more sentimental journey. Um, and is it in the mood for love, like, in that way? Um, I mean, the fantasy of it is more the, the perspective that you're in and in the mood for love. You don't really, you don't really get the, the real backlash from it. From the fantasy? Of in the mood for love, like, you're more into their, their weird courting rather than you reflecting on the reality behind... Yeah, no, this is, this is, I think past lives is very different because it is about the past and, you know, the could have been. Well, no, no, not even that. It's just what could have been, you know? And and, I mean, that's also something again, like, you know, speaking of what we are going through as immigrants, and I, I use the term very deliberately here, you know, if you emigrate to a different country, you build a life there with somebody maybe of that country, like there, there are certain ties that get broken, or, you know, get left by the wayside. And that, how do you navigate this? What do you owe your own past? What does your past owe you? What sort of connections do you still have with it? Yeah. I mean. I was married several times in America, and then I left. Ah. <laughs> That's your courtroom so I, drama. <laughs> so they won't let me we'll back in the country. We'll make it a Netflix miniseries. <laughs> um, but Past Lives seems very, very nice. It's, um, yes, it's, it's a lovely film. It's a bit slow. No one, no one falls. Languorous, beautiful shots. Um, it's a real New York movie because the, the action takes place. New York place is like a character. In the mostly. Film. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. But there are lovely, like, you know, river shots. And, you know, at one point they're on the ferry. They see the statue. They're in, they're in Dumbo in Brooklyn. There's the... Um, um, the the carousel and my my daughter do- I was watching the movie with my headphones on my daughters come traipsing in and they're looking at them mommy what are you watching and I tell them it's past lives it's you know the, she's this and he's this and then look that's the carousel that you rode in Brooklyn when we went to visit your uncle <laughs> when he was still living over there and so they were sort of surprised <laughs> it's in the movie yes it's in the movie <laughs> there you are now on the carousel I mean yeah when they so, were filming. Anyway, yes, I would recommend Past Lives, but it does have that sort of, you know, immigrant slash expat vibe to it that... There's a movie called Expats. Did you know that? No, really? Yeah, I don't know what it's about. Probably Expats. Okay. Um, Can we move to another film? Okay, which one? The the second film of our discussion. Oh, Poor Things. Poor Things. (laughs) So I want to say off the bat, I watch Poor Things in the worst conditions possible over someone's shoulder on an airplane Uh, no um 
there is not a good version of Poor Things available to watch. Let me just oh. put it that <clears throat> way. Yeah, it has not been officially released it yet. It has not been officially released. In Turkey. So I watched so. some bootleg ass crap and uh, I fully f- will go and watch this again because I really loved Poor Things a lot. <laughs> oh, uh, okay. I am way into this movie. It is my favorite Yargos Lanthimos film. No, really? Yes. Oh, without even... <laughs> as soon as Willem Dafoe burped up a bubble, <laughs> I was I was in. <laughs> I was smooth sailing. Um, never explained, by the way, why he burps up a large bubble that do, then comically pops. Do you require an explanation exactly. when this happens? Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, that is something that Lanthimos understands and he will just let us sit with these things yes but i there is like a pervasive and i think killing of a sacred deer is probably more honest that's the one i haven't seen because i think it's more i haven't seen that one either honestly awful and sort of what happens and it's treated very dryly and kind of darkly funny but my point is is that yargos is a bit of a twisted mother effer um and how and and I feel like something like The Lobster, mm. the the kind of more romantic gestures of that movie, b- bunt, uh, bunt heads? Bump heads. What's the expression? Butt heads. Butt heads. Beavis. Um, they butt heads. <laughs> don't, and, don't, don't. And, and the, the, the meanness of The Lobster, I feel like it's like, well, why don't, why don't we get back to the people having a connection, whatever. I mean, that's a different movie. But uh, the second half of Lobster, I'm like, ugh. Why are people blinding each other? Can we can we get back to the sweetness? Um, and then the favorite, even by the end, with like the there's like a grotesquerie to the ending of the favorite that I kind of appreciate in retrospect, but at the same time I'm like, it kind of leaves you kind of going, uh, um, with the rabbits and the dissolving. Um, I do like the favorite though a lot, but the ending of poor things i'm like hell yeah girl <laughs> oh this is i can't can we just take it we don't want to spoil the ending no. but honestly holy crap i don't think i've ever seen a movie <laughs> where it ends when you're like how many different ways is she winning yes <laughs> like you have to go to like a second hand to count the ways that that this character is winning preferably attached to a dog chicken it's That's, fan- it's it's so good <laughs> It's such a satisfying it, it, ending. It is. It is. I was surprised at how effectively that worked on Bella, me. you go, girl. Yeah. Essentially, it, it's, following... If, if, if this is girl bossing, then <laughs> <laughs> feminism has no problems. I just... I, I am... I, I I love it. I just... I love poor things. I, I It's... The production design of it is like steampunk Victorian... Yes meets terry gilliam meets yes, uh, yes, yes. babe uh pig in the city uh, uh yeah, when, yeah, when they're in yeah. the boat yeah. i was reminded of that meets city of lost children mm. like the, i don't know maybe i'm reaching there but like the skies the and again i watched a really god-awful version of this yeah, yeah. so i really want to rewatch yeah, it nothing is quite the right color but no. it's exactly the right color <laughs> Well, especially the version I watched. Yeah. I couldn't tell. I was like, is this supposed to be brown? Yes, probably. No, it's not. It's no? black and white. Oh, oh. The whole opening was sepia tone. I'm oh, like, is this okay. an Alice or a Wizard of Oz reference? It's like, no, this is this is a bad version <laughs> of the film. Um, uh, yeah, well, you're, wa- you're well, following. No, it, it does go from black and white to color. I know, but it's never sepia toned. Was it? Okay. Nice. It's black and white. All right. But it, my, the version I watched, it was just brown. Oh, it was brown oh, and monochromatic. Okay. I see, I see. Um, and I couldn't really make out details of what was happening. <laughs> um, 
So again, I, but it was so good that I didn't care. And then I, I kept I kept going. It's like a two hour and 20 minute movie. It is. It's long. And if I have one complaint with it, and I would say Yargos uh, has this issue occasionally, sometimes you get kind of, he kind of loses the pacing a little bit. I would say maybe when you have her in the brothel, it's a little, you're kind of waiting for that section of the movie to finish because it's maybe just a little bit more gross and a little bit more. Uh, I understand that's part of her journey. Yeah, it needs I, I to think, be there. I, yeah, but... I think the monotony of it is supposed to be the point. Ultimately. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, in retrospect, I sort of understand, uh, and I also like the fact that it's run by the witch from Tragedy of Macbeth, yeah. who occasionally likes to eat her earlobes, yeah. inexplicably. <laughs> Again, why? Why yeah. not? Why not? Some sort of wit- witch. Yeah. Uh, like it reminded me of uh, Neon Demon, but just uh, way better. Yeah. Uh, I... Just the one little bit, and you can read so much me- metaphorical intent behind her eating. Emma Stone's earlobes. Um, again, this is the kind of movie that it is. I, I don't <laughs> yes, think it's it, a movie it, it, it for gets, everyone. It gets movie podcasters sitting there talking about earlobes. <laughs> and Willem Dafoe, uh, you know, burping out large bubbles. Um, I, I don't know who it's for, except it's for me. Um, is it for you, Colleen? I I, I enjoyed it. Um, All right. I am, That's I am, it. Thank you for well, listening. Well, no, I'm... Oh. I'm, I'm, I'm a little surprised that Americans have gone for it. I'm surprised it's gotten all this awards attention. <laughs> I, I, yeah. That's very strange. It just, um, I mean, not to say it isn't good, but it's like Yorgos Lanthimos is one of the most surprising yes. Oscar success stories. Yes, yes. Sure. Like even the, the favorite makes sense. 10 years. The favorite makes sense. It does make more sense yes. because it's, a, it's you know, well, I mean, this is a period piece too, but I mean, that's oh, like. Of, a, of an alternative dimension, Colleen. Well, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what period is this taking place in? This? Like, yeah. Well, you're right. It's like steampunk, belle époque, like late 19th century sort of stuff. It's a, it's a fantasy. It's it's a from it is, it's it from is. her perspective. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, but it, it's all it all feels very of itself, right? It, it's very yes, surprising. Yes. It in is self contained. It is internally cribbing, logical. from all these different visual sources. Yes. Frankenstein. Yes. All well, these different Frankenstein things. is the big intertext. Yes, I yes, think. Yes, I yes. mean, that's the very obvious intertext. And I think it's really interesting how it's it it is repurposed here in order to give us this very condensed coming of age. Um, slash feminine sexual awakening story, uh, which is really the the point yes. of it. That's what brings the whole thing together. Yes. Um, her her sexual journey and coming of age. Yes. Yes. And how those two things are intertwined, and how she should not or will not be judged for that journey. No, and she sh- and she shouldn't. Yeah, I mean, it's again like people judge her the entire constantly. movie constantly. <laughs> And there's one great one bit of bit pragmatic thought that I enjoyed because I was thinking of it as well in a in a in a, um, in a totally uh, you know empathetic way where her her husband at the end um, not the general we can talk about the general but her husband near the end right. where she says I just appreciate our very convenient marriage that we're about to have or something she has some great line like oh this is nice that we happen to like each other and we'll get get married um, but he says something to the effect of. Have you been checked for diseases or something? Yeah. <laughs> and I was thinking, like, that's probably yeah. a reasonable question. Um, you know, and but th- this is all after he ha- basically tells, like, it's your body, you do what right, you want right, with right, it. Right, right. Who am I to tell you? <laughs> but as but, you know, it's just like, I mean, really, like a reasonable question, <laughs> I would think. But no, but it's it is just really. I mean, I'm I, I remember just be, sitting there stunned that, that like this is the wow. <laughs> just, 
Well, he says at one point, there's, that whole conversation's great, where he, she says, yes, I usually charge 30 francs for this. And he says, that seems low. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's, a very, it's a very funny movie. Look, can it, we talk yes. about Mark oh. Ruffalo? He is nominated for Supporting Actor. Colleen, video essay right now. What? I'm yep. going to make this. Mark this Ruffalo? Big, big boys. <laughs> Out of context, that sounds bad. Big boys, quote unquote. <laughs> Because it, I, I found a shocking similarity between him and Ken. Okay. All right. Are you with me? Um, I'm listening. Yeah. So they are both... Not getting out my wallet just yet, but I'm listening. <laughs> they're both sort of man-children who essentially want this woman who has clearly surpassed them, and they become increasingly more... They basically discover their inner misogyny when they get more frustrated with their inability to get Oh, to I don't it. think that Mark Ruffalo discovers well, any that's misogyny. True. It, it transforms. Ken's, yes. Ken's is different. But Ken, you know, Ken, to his discredit, he says near the beginning, he's like, can, you, can I come over and hang out at your place? But he's such a child... Uh, and and his 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 brain is not because he's a doll, uh, so it's slightly different. Um, there's a doll connection though to Emma Stone to a certain extent, but like um, oh, yes, but yes. like the she says, "Can I come over and we can hang out at your place tonight?" And and Margot Robbie's like, "Why?" And he's like, "Well, I don't know what we would do exactly." Yeah. Um, <laughs> but there's like there's like that hint of like Mark Ruffalo knows. Yeah, Mark Ruffalo he knows immediately. And that's part of her journey. But his performance, man, man. Uh, Woo. No, but like his his journey in this as, as a character in this movie yes. is basically <laughs> it explains why men go after like twenty two year olds <laughs> because if they started dating thirty year olds, they would be they'd be eaten for lunch. Like just <laughs> they can't handle it. You know, like this is this is this pathology of of always going to the younger women because they just don't know yet. And as soon as she knows better, yeah, she destroys him. <laughs> just absolutely destroys him. Without even and, thinking about and it. And he is destroyed him. in a delightfully entertaining yes. way. Yes. To his and credit. He, he and I mean he just like curses it just, just, like Mark Ruffalo as a human being seems like a very sweet the, yes, man. The yes, cuddly yes. leftist. Like just you know, he seems like he's on the right side of history here, yes. uh, Mark Ruffalo. And then he plays this guy, <laughs> and he sells it so well. But I think he he gets what this trajectory is yes. doing. Yes, his he knows performance he has to be the villain. But but and, also and, and yet like it's not so not like he's bringing a real conviction to it that is so effective. And and he matches the kind of campy, yes. surreal tone yes, of the yes, whole yes, thing. Yes, yes, Until, I mean, but there are notes to that anger that yes. are also... You're like, oh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like when he needs to be terrifying, he brings that and it's genuine. It's not this, you know, arch camp. Like it's... But I'm when not, it needs to be, it's that too. Yeah, yeah, like when, yeah. when they dance, I could watch them dancing, their, their <laughs> dance thing and then... Well, the, Lanthimos does dance. That's a good point. Lanthimos has these weirdo Weird, dance sequences dance, yeah. and they're all fantastic i say i think the favorites is still the best where like it's it's nicholas holt right like smacking some very like bewigged lady's bottom <laughs> floor of parliament is it that sounds right that sounds like something that would have happened out. yes out. 
Um, <laughs> and the, the lobster has its share of odd dancing. Um, yes. Uh, yes. Well, all of Lanthimos does. Yeah. Dogtooth. I've not mm-hmm. seen Dogtooth, but in the trailer. There was I've seen to. the dancing. He, yeah. he is interested in sort of in going to Dogtooth specifically. Do you know the premise behind Dogtooth? It's yes. A, it's a man, essentially yeah. a father. Yes. Keeping his children captive right. and limiting their contact with the outside world. And that is a theme of of poor things yes, as well. Yes, yes, um, yes. But also with, with Willem Dafoe as the, yes. as the father figure. Even though he's more redeemable because he ultimately acquiesces, he's still, yes. he's still you know, yes. I mean, you, you, effed yes. up dude in a lot of ways. Yes. And she at one point rightfully says, calls them all monsters yes. near the end. Yes. And, and her performance is great too of like just, I must, yes. you're deeply That's uncomfortable. Not, yeah. I, I, I should say, <laughs> I understand why people are actively angry at this movie. Because why? What? Okay, well, let me... Okay. <laughs> because they can't get over the fact that without going into it, she essentially is a child at the beginning of the film, oh, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and the, the people taking advantage of that and the sexuality of that. And I do think in the vein of like people being provocative for the sake of being provocative, you, you know, Yar- Yar- Yargos, Yargos, Yorgos? Yorgos. Yorgos. Lanthimos. Uh, Lanthimos. Um he does like immediately when he acknowledges that she has the brain capacity of a child. That is, it goes straight to a masturbation scene, and I'm like, <laughs> no wonder people are upset about this. Like you're immediately being immediately confrontational with it, and then immediately after that, she's talking about how she she wants to to feel things between her legs or however she phrases mm-hmm. it in this very sort of truncated, very um, all the euphemisms that she's got for what's going on. <laughs> And then, I don't and then even shortly en- after that, Mark Ruffalo though. shows up, and so uh, it, yes, it, it, but yeah, he's there to take advantage of it, right? And, that, and I mean, up until then, it's like it, it, like you know, the the family that she's in needs to approach this because this is the thing. I mean, children do have sexuality; right. they should not be having sex, but there with, is yes, with, especially with right, people like right. Mark Ruffalo. No, yes. but I'm, but I'm, but that's what's his you know, name? That, that's such a difficult thing to broach, and and that that. That fantasy that we have of you know the grown woman with the brain of a child, um, yes, that is how you approach it actually without being exploited exploitative in the production. Duncan so, Winderbottom is that his name? Duncan. <laughs> Who are you looking up? Uh, Mark Ruffalo's name. It's something silly like oh, that. <laughs> yes. Um, um, Winter bomb. Winter bottom. Um, yes. Yeah. So it's so yes, he is right there to take advantage of it until. But then he gets rightfully <laughs> eaten alive. And, and, and to, to Emma Stone's credit, her performance, like She's I was fantastic. worried. I was worried. I guess for a second that this kind of shtick. Uh, and to her credit, she's doing a great job of mm-hmm. writing that weird line between. Yep. Offensive and and earnest and and this this kind of mentally yeah. challenged figure. Um, I I was so happy that she becomes a real person. Yes, and yes, and not that she wasn't initially, but that she she's learning. Yes, and it's a journey, and it's self discovery, and, and self discovery, and she realizes, and then she gets what she needs at the end. Oh and man! You're like, Thank God. Yeah. And and it was so satisfying, and 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 that's and again, it's it's just immediately the visuals of it, the costumes, the the sets, like it is the yeah. total package oh. as far as I'm concerned yeah. of what you want out yeah. of a movie. Oh, if it weren't for Barbie, I think it would sweep all. I, of I hope visuals. it does. I hope it does. I, I I'm rooting for this more than Barbie because it's just so innovative. The the this it's like Art Deco. It's like it Art, deco Art Deco on acid. It is. It's yeah, like, that's exactly what it is. It's a horny Art Deco. Horny Art Deco on acid, with a, you know a nice slice of steampunk. 
uh, for good measure. And maybe this is just my personal, you know, what I'm into aesthetically. Um, I just I thought it was super cool. Mm-hmm. And yes, it's very horny. There's mm-hmm. lots of sex. I mean, it's a difficult movie to sort of say, you know, to my parents, you know, rush out and watch this <laughs> or my students or whatever. But when it comes to theater, like you will, it is probably my favorite film of the year for sure. Wow. Poor things. It beats They Clone Tyrone. It beats Oppenheimer. It wow. beats uh, The Holdovers, which I really love. I love The Holdovers. But I, Poor Things is just the whole package. It's what cinema should be from my distinctly warped, trippy perspective. Yeah. Surreality. Okay. Yeah. I can also understand, speaking of like nomination stuff, why Willem Dafoe didn't get nominated because his role is very kind of, you know, he's he's just kind of there and he, he does yeah, He doesn't thing. drive the action very much. Right. Yeah. Oh, do you want to talk about the general for a second? The general? At the end? Oh, no. J- J- Jacob. Let's leave that as a lovely okay. surprise. <laughs> the Abbott, that actor, he's a, having a bit of a a renaissance or not a renaissance he was never he's he's a sort of a indie actor who's rising to prominence so it was nice to see him in this very kind of showy um important role Mm -hmm. near the end Mm -hmm. um but yeah i can't recommend poor things highly enough with some qualifications that it is it is not for children i am (laughs) i am recommending it uh from a distinctly you know it's a it's a it's a challenge uh, but i think a very entertaining challenge i would agree with that so uh, where does that leave us? Colin? Where does that leave us? So that is your call for best picture. That is, is what I would. I think Oppenheimer is going to sweep it. And I, and I you think I, Oppenheimer. Okay, yes. Your 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 brain says Oppenheimer's taking it. But your heart give, says Poor Things gets your. Vote. Yes, I would say I would say that Poor Things has the best opportunity for Mark Ruffalo. I think hmm. he might win. Yeah. Okay. He's up against. Let me just read this. Ken. Um, he's he's up against Gos, which is a shame. We need yeah. more comic roles. I mean, both of them are comedy. Yes. I would say. Yes. Um, but man, Gosling brings it. I mean, it's going to be feeding the discourse if he does end up winning. But anyway, um, against Robert Downey Jr. and Oppenheimer, which everybody was all. He's good. He was fine. Yeah. It was. I mean, people went way overboard. I think in in saying, oh, you know, he makes the movie. I don't I think no. I think people are just happy to see Robert Downey Jr. in a good dramatic role I outside guess, of Marvel, yeah. yeah, as opposed to Iron Man. Yeah, um, De Niro, Killers of the Flower Moon. Again, we've skipped that seen. one. Yeah, yeah, and Sterling K. Brown in American Fiction. We also skipped that one. That is also well, on our list. Yeah, it's well, it's only just come out. I've, I've been looking for these, um, and they're just distributors. I mean, please um, wait. <laughs> by the way, wait on poor things. Don't watch the bullshit version that I watched. Um, <laughs> it, it, sh- it it would benefit from oh, a yeah. big oh, screen. A game audience. Yes, I think. Well, it was funny. So I was laughing I watched... at stuff that no one else was laughing well, no, at. I was, and I was actually the... really self-conscious about this. Full disclosure: it was a <laughs> cam version, so I did have a live audience there. Oh. <laughs> and so, well, what so they you were really laughing were watching at, a subpar. Thing. Yes, so what they were laughing at. Uh, it was interesting. Okay. Uh, like they, they laughed with the frog. She says, "Kill the frog, punch the baby." <laughs> Kill the frog. Oh. Anyway, uh, yeah, so there's some that we've missed for sure. But yeah, uh, poor things I in my heart and the holdovers, I want to do more. But I um, I think that um, probably an Adobe Fall for script um, as opposed to the holdovers and probably Cillian Murphy. Um, and I think just Paul G- For best uh, actor. Uh, yeah, Paul Giamatti will not get that. And I do think that Oppenheimer will get best picture. Yeah, I'm not sure that there's much... I mean, the, the best actor category is pretty strong. Maybe Holdover's Best Supporting Actress, now that I think about it. Oh, I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Holdover's for Supporting Actress, yeah. Yep. I, I, not Nyad. Sorry, Jodie Foster. 
<laughs> she's doing yeah. great on the True Detective I, I think, show. I think, I think, yeah, she's a real standout. I watched that True Detective show, by the way. Oh. The first episode. Oh, huh, okay. It was so nice to see Jodie Foster not in Nyad. <laughs> <laughs> she's like a, a whip-smart, you know no-nonsense cop, and she's getting down to the bottom of this mystery. I'm like, hell yeah, Jodie Foster. You don't have to be mean. God, Nyad sucks. Oh, it doesn't. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it no, it doesn't. doesn't. It's fine. It it's, doesn't. It's fine. But I understand why it exists. Nyad over here, poor oh, things. We, we didn't even talk about. Okay, so the other needle drop. Oh, in Maestro this time. Oh, the REM uh, one. There you go. See, uh, uh, it was just like there it is. Roll there your it eyes. Is. Exactly. I rolled my eyes. I I did. I I think I got up. But no one. <laughs> I mentioned... left the room and went to the kitchen. I was like, nope, Bradley. What are you doing, Bradley? No one mentioned a lemon <laughs> though, so you were still watching the movie. No, but I mean, he like parks the car just as Michael Stipe I is know. yelling Leonard Bernstein, and it's like you really you just want to give a middle finger to the screen. Yes, <laughs> yes, it was so bad, Wickham. It was so bad. I'm with you on that. I just, Bradley, you cannot take that song away from me. Or you won't. Tom I York, uh, Radiohead, apparently. No, the see, no, the creator is not taking that song away from me. Okay, thank God. I will never All think right. of a creator when I listen to that song. Oh, speaking of songs, the score for Poor Things is incredible. That needs to win. Oh, this weird, drunken Victorian <laughs> uh, sci-fi strings. I score. think Oppenheimer is taking. Score. No, sorry. No, Poor Things. <laughs> Sorry. There, poor things isn't. Oh, I guess it is nominated. Yes, it is. it's nominated. Oh, okay, Sorry. it's nominated. Did, did not, did not it's leave nominated. an impression. I'm very God. excited. Did that yeah, not clearly. leave an impression to you at all? The score is so good. It was good. Yeah, it was good. Why aren't you I, more enthusiastic about poor things? Because, I feel like you should because, be shouting because, poor things. No, there was a sorry. chicken attached to a dog in the movie. <laughs> yes. And what does that have to do with the score? Well, it's just great. They're all great. It's all, it's all, it's all great. Well, you're explaining why the, why Americans have gone for this. I, don't, I, I mean, this is not a surprise for a European Well, I wouldn't film. say I'm a stereotypical just, American well, no, in terms of my film taste. No, this is this is true. But I, 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 mean, I, I walked Maverick out of there. Like, I can understand why the French would go for this. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. But I just, again, like, Lanthimos in general has hit in a way that I find very surprising with American audiences specifically. It's very European in some ways, but of course he's you know bonkers in other ways. But it just, yeah, it's anyway. I like to see it. I don't want to say it in any sort of discouraging way. I I think Oppenheimer takes score. I'm sorry because it's most score. I understand. It's most score. So you know. Anyway, Uh, things is much more subtle. I will say that. Not Um, really. uh, Anyway. So uh, one other thing I wanted to throw in there. Yeah. Um, The shorts. Uh, we talked about Wes Anderson's shorts. Yes. His uh, Henry Sugar got a nomination for live action short. Um, I have not. I, actually, that's not true. I watched The After, which is also on Netflix. The After is well acted. It just it starts with this random act of violence. And it's just like it's it's only there to launch the rest of the short film. I just I'm I'm rooting for Henry Sugar. I, I hope it would be so tragic if Wes Anderson also gets passed over in this category, because he's been nominated so many times, usually for writing. Um, yeah. Uh, which is and also well-deserved. Yes. Yeah. But I mean, if, if this is his Oscar that he actually gets to, you know, take at the ceremony, I will be very happy. Even though this wasn't even my favorite of the shorts that he no. did. Um, I can Swan see, I can see why. Nominated. No, uh, but I can see why Netflix wants to get behind this one. I think this is the one that's got the bells and whistles and the production value yeah. and, 
Benedict Cumberbatch is the tux. lead. In a, yes. Uh, so I think it's got a very good shot um, at winning. I hope it wins. I'm really rooting for Wes Anderson. In Any, anything, uh, um, we haven't, if we're just going to cover all our bases here, anything for like cinematography or animated feature? Uh, oh, yes. Animated feature, animated feature. There's that cool robot movie. Um, did you know, speaking of animated features, not for the Oscars, Charlie Kaufman wrote um, this movie called Orion and the Dark. It is on Netflix. It's an animated film. I will watch it with my kids Does and get back to you. Does it have puppets in it? No, it's oh. just it's just animated. Oh, I think I saw that. Did you? Yeah, the, on the there's like the a purple splash screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't know you that. didn't watch it. No, but no, you no. Saw but it. Kaufman wrote that. Kaufman wrote that. Okay. Charlie Kaufman. I've heard of him. Yeah. So, well, well, does well, Jesse Buckley show up? Is it a I don't, secret I, sequel to? Wickham, every, I'm you're thinking asking of me too many questions. Sorry. I only just figured out that that was his yesterday, and was like, okay, wow. now I have to watch this. Um, no, okay, so um, animated feature. I, why can I not? Spider Verse, ah. uh, Elemental, and okay, Boy and the Heron, Elemental, Nimona, Robot Dreams. I don't know what that Robot is. Dreams is the the burger film, the Blanca Nuevas guy. Ah. Okay. And I, that was on my list. I still haven't this seen is an interesting category this year. Interesting. Yeah. Probably Spider-Verse. You think? Yeah, yeah. That was... The, people love that movie. Okay. Elemental sucks. Anyway. It, that's, it's, that's, it's not as bad as... I'm just as being reactionary. You, yes, you are. I'm part of the internet I did generation. finally watch Elemental. I didn't dislike it as much as you the did. The writing is just so Some of flat. It, I, and I liked the guy's voice, the Wade. He sounds like a wet... Guy. He sounded like a, a wet well, baby guy. Why are you complaining? That's the character. How is that interesting? It's uh, a rom com with. We're going to do a rom com episode. It's, he's, it's a rom com that's poorly written. It's beautiful. Not everyone can be Nora Ephron. All right. I, that's true. That's true. Right. Uh, I, I, it was very pretty. I like the look of Elemental. Yes. Boy of the Heron, you've watched. Yes. So I haven't seen that, and I don't know what Nimona is. Nimona is based on a graphic novel, I guess. Okay. Um, my kids have watched it. I have not watched it. No, people um, are all over. I know, my elder daughter read it have you before seen, we watched it. Have you seen any of the Spider-Verse movies? Um, I did see the first yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. Is there more than two? The, no, no. I was just okay. wondering if you saw the first one. No, I, I did. I, I, I we did. Should watch it was wonderful. One. I love the first one, yeah. Yeah. And I, 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 I would like to watch this one as well. It just yes. it fell through the cracks. We had um, to watch these other things. We did. Um, um, and cinematography, is there anything interesting there? Um, El Conde. Right. Killers That's of the, the vampire Moon. one. That's the vampire one. I tried to watch that. Um, what happened? Fell asleep. <laughs> Didn't go back to it. Okay. <laughs> That's my story. That summarizes it's that. on Netflix. It's on Netflix. Yeah. No, this I mean, the variety concept, site. No, I think the concept of it is wonderful, actually. What if Bloodthirsty Dictator were a literal vampire? That's fantastic as a genre premise. And it just sort of peters it, it, out. It looked very pretty. I mean, yeah, but that's the thing. It's like, it's black and white. So I feel like it's like, oh, black and white cinematography. Let's give it a nomination. Like mm -hmm. Maestro? Yeah. Well, yeah. Kind of like that. I yeah. mean, Maestro at least like. It's pretty. I guess. <laughs> Why is it there? Poor Things. Poor better, Things. Better usage of its fisheye lens, I think. Yes. Than in the favorite. Poor Things has a decent shot. Um, Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. Probably yeah. Oppenheimer. Or Killers of the... I mean, we don't People know just really want to see Cillian Murphy, Mur Murphy's... Cillian Murphy's pores. That's what people really just want to see. And that's what Oppenheimer gives you. I think Oppenheimer's just going to take it. It's also like, you know, giving us orchestrations of math, which is nice. I'd rather not have to do the actual math. Yeah, it'd be awkward if during Oppenheimer they make you actually build the atomic bomb <laughs> while you're watching it. Um, and it'd be a flower garden. It'd be lovely. 
Um, That's it. Is it? Mostly. Okay. <laughs> That's I'm done. <laughs> we, have, we have like, what, six months until the Oscars yes. actually air. Like, um, I mean, they need to work it's on cool, their timing. I mean, it's a cool... It's a cooler batch of movies than usual, I think, personally. Like last year, I I thought everything everywhere, you know, it's nice and weird and whatever, but Mm -hmm. you got a nice, cool cross-section. You got a maestro in there because you got to have a maestro in there. You got some naiad stuff because you got to have some naiad stuff. Yeah, yeah, the the performance, there's so many biopics with the performances and we got to get past that. I mean, I just feel like if it's a biopic, it's that it's... That's going to be a performance nominee. And like they don't show up anywhere else. Like Rustin is nowhere else. Naya yeah. is nowhere else. Right. And it's. But I'm just looking at the best picture stuff. I mean, we got we yeah, got a courtroom it's... drama. We got Barbie. We got uh, we got this weird friggin nightmare. Poor things. We got Zone of Interest, which I hear is fan. Absolutely brutal and fantastic. We yeah. got a new, you know, passion project. Scorsese. We have a sweet little movie about people finding each other on Christmas and uh, Oppenheimer. <laughs> whatever that is i don't know it's just a nice american, an american fiction, fiction which is this kind of cool you know, social commentary oh, thing. yeah i i really I, that's that is literally the top of my list and i looked around for it and couldn't find it i really hope it comes to big screen we'll do it we'll do a part it. three end of the year review <laughs> this is our this part is, two we're in february we shouldn't be we <sighs> i will watch killers of the flower moon at some point i will too as soon as i have four free hours sorry marty <laughs> Just, well, we have we have a few months before the Oscars, but we just wanted to we wanted to do an episode to indicate uh, the, that yes, we the, are the 2024 watching these Oscars things. will be in December of 2025. <laughs> That's the way that things go now. We uh, wanted to indicate that we're still watching Oscar movies, <laughs> and we haven't watched all of them. Though you've no, done a very good job, Colleen. I I'm, give you full credit. Thank you. I'm I'm doing my best, and I, I hope you do get to watch Poor Things. You you can take your lovely wife to see Poor Things on the yes, giant screen. Yes, uh, that yeah, sounds like a seats. fun. A fun that's a fun time experience. with the movies yeah. yes um yeah. not a good movie to watch like at, at school i don't know if the the we book could never teach <laughs> well no i was just thinking oh, like the man. cinema society like who uh, boy <laughs> they're gonna screen uh, poor things aren't they um they might i mean they are screening funny games so that anything's possible yeah, well yes funny games i hope i hope you all enjoy that movie i, I hated think, well yeah so next I've, on your list is american fiction i think yes. next on my list is zone of interest that's um, also my, very high on my list because it just seems nicely uh, awful. Um, An American fiction. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah I mean, Zone of Interest to... is going to be brutally depressing. But, but yes. Sandra Huller, um, yes, 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 everything, yes, everything. Sandra Huller, <laughs> everything, yes. She's great. Oh uh, no, no, but she really, she's just man, God, she's great to watch. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna shut this down. Please do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> turn off the turn off the projector. Wait, where is this? Uh, that's our episode. You made me watch that as a production of the Department of Communication Design at Bill Kent University. You can support the podcast by subscribing with your favorite audio app and by following the Bill Kent Cinema Society on Instagram at Bill Kent Cinema. Did you know that, Colleen? I did. Uh, our cover art was designed by Denise Vaditungar, and our weekly thumbnails are designed by Tylan Ockel. Bless him. Our theme music was composed by Dazi Ozowski. Check out more of his music on Spotify. This episode was recorded by Batman Boldu, edited by Tylan Ockel, and produced by Tylan Ockel and the Bill Kinsema Society with extra checular to our tech wrangler, Ozjanakar. Thank you. And do you have any special thanks? Special thanks. Oh, all the all the musicians from Gen X. I got to tell you. Clearly, I, I, yeah, we're, we're, it's our mind. time. It's our time, Wickham. Um, and I've mentioned it before, but I will say it again. Special thanks to the uh, the dog chicken, um, because it was such a crappy version of the film I watched. 
that I did not know that those were weird animals at first. <laughs> and then eventually after they keep cutting to them, I'm like, oh my God, that's a duck and a dog. <laughs> that's brilliant. Um, it's like a weird homage, almost like the the Tim Burton Mars Attacks. Oh, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Now that you mention it. So Mars Attacks, Pig Babe in the City. Pig Babe in the si- Babe Pig in the City. George Miller. George Miller peak, and peak George Miller. Steampunk. If that sounds good to you. Poor things is your game. Poor things is your game. Yeah. Thanks, Wickham. Thank you, Carly.